And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz, with our co-host, Randy Griggs. You're here for the green episode, brought to you by the letter G. Randy, you're wearing green. That I am. I'm wearing green. You are indeed. I, I think mine's cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I mean, this is... Frankenstein, you know? Yeah. It's a great book. Have you read it? Uh, Frankenstein? Yeah. No, I was not born in the early 1900s, so I, I think I missed that one. It was written in 1890? Again, something I might have Ish. read if I had been I, I born be, in the early I, 1900s. I may be way off. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal book. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. It's one of the best. Dracula is my favorite book of all time. Not written by the same author. Came out around the same time. Same century. Um Anyway, try to expand your mind a little bit. Read some books. Uh, so, <laughs> this is brought to you by the letter G. Um, Randy's going with the Kelly Green, like uh, your Oakland Athletics. Absolutely. Repping the uh, distinguished ruffians, uh, Mark, yeah. here. Yeah, what's, yeah. What's, what are those guys all about? Uh, cigars, mm-hmm. uh, craft beer, and uh, mostly cigars. You sound like a great bunch of guys and guests. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy uh, I feel like I following along and being part of the community quite a bit. Cool. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's great. It's cool that you're um, – there's a lot of different groups like that out there. These guys are mainly like Facebook uh, and Instagram, right? I see them on Instagram all the time. Yeah, they're on Instagram quite a bit. They actually do more uh, live meetups than hmm. uh, I feel like a lot of the um, <clears throat> other groups that I follow uh, do. They're, they're pretty active. Have uh, you ever been to one? I have not. Uh, they mostly take place in the uh, in the northeast. Ah, yes. And uh, I know Famous has actually uh, given them a home uh, for some of their big annual uh, oh. events, and I think they do a big crab <coughs> feed down in, in Florida once a year. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, so uh, I, I like definitely crab. intend to get my schedule aligned to make it out to one of those events. Yeah, that type of stuff is cool. The only, I think the only meet I've done some. Uh, Way back in the day when I first got into cigars, I was uh, heavily involved in the Cigar.com uh, forums way back in the day. Uh, that was where I first met June from uh, Developing Palettes. Uh, in an old school bulletin board forum? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was where I first started writing reviews. That actually makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, this is you, I, June, I was, and like three other guys. No, it was actually... <laughs> it was... Surprisingly active, really, really active. Facebook groups weren't really big yet. Uh, the dojo wasn't around yet. This is like 2009, probably. Um, you were still in elementary school, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm like two years older than you, so I, I don't know. I don't know why I said that, but um, anyway, yeah, that was. I got. We had a couple of meetups because there were some guys. Obviously, June. That's how we met, and up in Sacramento, there were a few guys. Uh, been to a couple of dojo meetups. Yeah. Um, uh, that was where we first met in person. 
That's right. And we, oddly enough, we lived, you know, 20 minutes away from each other. And we had to go halfway across the country to actually meet. Yeah, we had to go to Colorado (laughs) to hang out. Um, And I think that's it that I've been. Oh, probably a couple of SIGFED ones, too, back Mm. in the day. But those were mostly at centered around bigger events like IPCPR or something like that. Sure. Side parties. Yeah, but those those types of meetups are cool because you get to. It's always a little bit weird when you first meet people that you've only known them online. You know, and then you meet in person. It's a little awkward. At least it is for me because I'm kind of an awkward guy, I guess. Um, True story. But, yeah. But um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so today is the G episode. Yes. We went, um, we're, we've got some beers and some cigars. We'll get into that. Indeed. Um, and the beer is prominently on display. So let's, uh, maybe let's address the, the G beer that we're going with. All right. We went uh, with the... Kind of an obscure brand <laughs> that uh, most people aren't going to know about. You know, it's funny you say it like that because uh, while Guinness is um, known as the most successful beer brand in the world. Why'd you uh, use air quotes? Uh, because they, they like use that tagline. That's oh, like so a, it's not like we... Yeah, how would you judge the most... Right, like, right. Like, you couldn't necessarily do it by volume because no. you could have high volume but and, not, and be wholly inefficient. That Well... Actually, the highest volume uh, beer brand on earth is sold, made and sold exclusively in China. It's called Snow. Most people have never heard of it because it's Ooh. only in China. That's a fun uh, little bit of knowledge. Yeah, but because of the population of China, uh, they are actually able to boast the highest um, volume of beer consumed on the planet. Uh, Guinness whole... Uh, there's, you, there's a lot of people in China. <laughs> uh, Guinness uses um, the... Uh, metric of distribution. And I think Heineken is probably in that same conversation is some of the most distributed uh, brands throughout the world. Uh, Guinness boasts being distributed in 200 countries and actually brewed in 50 of those countries. Wow. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, they they have... Do they brew in the U.S.? Yeah, they they brew it here. They opened a brewery here in the U.S. uh, two or three years ago. Um, also, oh, this is a newer development that they're brewing in, in the place. United States. Yeah, yeah. but they—that's um, actually their brewery. They—they they don't own breweries in all fifty countries. Oh, uh, I they, see. they have contracts uh, with breweries that they've taught their um, their technique to, and that they've that uh, kind of certified to brew the brand. Um, but the one here in the United States is actually a Guinness brewery. But um, but they make such a you know they draw so much attention to the original brewery at St James Gate in Dublin, Ireland. Um, that uh, that that's what everybody knows it for, you know. But uh, but just in terms of the distribution footprint they have globally, it doesn't really make sense to have a singular brewery uh, produce beer that's going all yeah. over the world. So they strategically um, worked with breweries to develop the beer and have you know flavor matching uh, to where you're getting what they claim to be the same exact product. Uh, from these other breweries, it gets it to you a little fresher, uh, probably a little bit more cost efficiently. Sure. Um, so they're able to stay within th- those ranges. But we've brought up Guinness, I think three times maybe uh, in our previous episodes, and this is not the standard uh, Irish dry stout that is known as uh, Guinness Draft that you'll find on draft or in cans with uh, nitrogenated. Um, What's that now? It's nitrogenated, and they use a nitro. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Nitrogenated. It's nitrogenated. It doesn't uh, sound like a real word. 
Um, a lot of people are unaware that Guinness Draft is not a carbonated beverage. Instead of using carbon dioxide to make the, the beer uh, uh, fizzy and effervescent. Fizzy. Yeah, I was That's doing a technical term. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I found it. Um, <laughs> it. It's actually a nitrogenated beer, so they, they use nitrogen. Keep uh, saying nitrogenated. To, I love it. To, to gas the beer, and that's what gives the creamy uh, uh, mouthfeel to it and what causes the, the beautiful visual of the cascading mm-hmm. nitrogen bubbles uh, coming to the top when you pour out a, a can of it or when you get a draft serving of it. Um, this is not that. This is the Guinness Extra Stout. Uh, there's three different Guinness uh, mainline uh, stouts. Uh, it's the draft, the extra stout, and then the foreign extra stout. Um, so the draft is 4.2%. Uh, what we're drinking here today, the Guinness extra stouts, 5.5%. And then the foreign extra, uh, depending on the country, actually ranges between 6 and 8% alcohol. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And they've done other stuff too. Sure. A Guinness. I mean, there's a blonde. I don't know if that's still around. The yep. uh, uh, they did an IPA. They did <laughs> at one time. Um, not still no. around. <laughs> <laughs> I never had it. No. I never. Had, but I like. I love Guinness, but I'd never buy a Guinness IPA. It just doesn't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so uh, to go with the pairing there uh, with the uh, the Guinness, which was it? The extra stout. Extra stout. Yeah. Extra stout. Thank you. Uh, we're going with the Guardian of the Farm. Uh, Nightwatch, <coughs> brand new release from Aganorsa. Um, Guardian of the Farm's been around for, what, like three years now? Mm-hmm. And that's been, uh, up until now, it had been a collaboration, right, with uh, Kyle Gillis of, uh, of Warp. So Max Fernandez of, <coughs> pardon me, of Aganorsa and uh, Kyle Gillis of Warp worked together on this project. Um, but this Nightwatch is 100% uh, just an Aganorsa release. Right, blended um, by Max. Blended by Max, and it features a uh, a pretty special rapper, Randy. That I'm going to ask you to talk about because you know more about it than I do. Yeah. So this year, uh, so these cigars uh, debuted. The Night Watch version of Guardian of the Farm debuted at the IPCPR uh, early in July in Las and Vegas, Nevada. Indeed, uh, they just hit the retailers. Um, I want to say maybe late August, early September, and. Um, it is using the proprietary tobacco. It is a shade-grown Corojo 99 Maduro, which is pretty unique to have a shade-grown tobacco uh, forced through the Maduro fermentation, which is going to be of a higher temperature, longer times to really bring out um, those sugars that are naturally occurring in the in the tobacco uh, and Actually, one of the neat things um, is that on all the Maduros coming from Aganorsa Leaf previously under the Casa Fernandez and the JFR lines, uh, they almost exclusively used a Mexican San Andreas uh, Maduro wrapper when they wanted to go with a Maduro. Uh, so this, is, this new proprietary Corojo uh, tobacco that they shade grow and uh, ferment at the higher temperatures allow them to actually have now uh, 100% Aganorsa leaf tobacco, um, so it's kind of an Aganorsa puro. Yep. So this is, and so that wrapper, I think that wrapper debuted this year, right? And it's on a few different cigars, I think. Yeah, they put it on the uh, JFR Lunatic, they put it on this one, and then they also did the, uh, the Aganorsa Signature hmm. uh, wrapped in this one. Uh, but this one's a little bit different. I think 
I almost want to say those other two are the same blends with just the new wrapper. Uh, this is actually a whole new blend uh, that Max did. He, he diverged a little bit from the collaboration he had originally done with Gellis. And um, he describes it as a more intense uh, smoking experience than the original Guardian of the Farm. I would agree. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's, there's a lot going on with the cigar. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, it's Corojo, uh, Jalapa Corojo Binder and uh, Corojo and Criollo fillers from Esteli and Jalapa. 100% Nicaraguan tobacco. I would call it a Nicaraguan Puro, and you would call it a Nicaraguan Aguinorsa Puro. Well, you just say puro. It sounds better. I can say it, but it just seems weird when I say it. Yeah. Like if I say puro, it sounds like I'm just trying too hard. Yeah. Once I learned Spanish, it started sounding weird to still say burrito. <laughs> so now I have to say burrito. It's like, yeah, how else do you say it? <laughs> it, it just it just sounds better coming from you. Um, but yeah, it comes in 25 count boxes uh, and a few different sizes here with some fun names. There's a Rambo. So the How do so you the feel about the Rambo. I feel great about it because I'm a huge dog. I'm passionate dog owner and dog lover, um, and so each of the Vitolas are actually named after the dogs that live on the Agonorsa farms. No kidding. And that is um, the the reason of Guardian of the Farm oh. is this whole line was an ode to their dogs. At, uh, you know, Max and, and the Fernandez family there at Agonorsa Leaf are you know very connected with their dogs. And um, and Kyle Gellis is also a passionate dog owner, and so I guess that was uh, something they were able to um, kind of have synergy on and, and do an ode to dogs and dog lovers. And so each of those names, um, what we're smoking here today is the Lonsdale uh, Vitola that they call Orpheus, uh, and then Rambo, and I don't remember all the names. I've, JJ I've got, is one I've of got them, them here, but I'm letting you go with it. <laughs> so, so the Rambo is uh, four and a half by 48. So like a short robusto. Mm -hmm. uh, there's Campion, Campion, uh, Campion, Cam Campion, Campion. Uh, that's a six by fifty-two, <clears throat> with a one hundred nine cap style, which is kind of like a like a rounded torpedo tip ish. Mm -hmm. You guys would know, you know what I'm talking about, because one hundred and fifty percent of you have smoked this, <laughs> and you know, uh, you know about this stuff. The one hundred nine uh, cap style, which has been used previously on um, on collabs between uh agonorsa and uh warped i know this isn't one but like if you go back to the futuro mm -hmm. futuro futuro see i got it um they had a 109 which kind of has that i don't know how i, I keep doing this because it's kind of a like a rounded yeah, it's a little bit tip. more along uh, elongated y yeah it's not but quite it's, a, a bellicoso not, yeah it's an interesting it, but, size but, but it does come to a little bit more of a peak <clears throat> yeah th those are comfortable to smoke yeah i've, I've noticed that no I agree. Uh, sometimes the torpedoes for me or a bellicoso if you get too sharp on the point i don't i don't find that as comfortable but there's a six uh six by 52 in the 109 style there's a jj which you mentioned as well uh that is a box pressed five and a quarter by 50 uh, and the six by forty-four, which is what we're smoking, is the Orpheus. So you, you, uh, you're pretty well versed with the Guardian of the Farm. Uh, I'm a little bit of a there. fan of, a of the Agonorsa Leaf bit. Uh, products. And again, being a big dog fan, um, you know, I have two large dogs myself, and uh, and so I, I really liked that they gave that ode to their to their furry four-legged friends. So your dogs, yes, are Marley and Ziggy. Correct. And Marley is 
the one that's part boxer, right? Right. He's a 90-pound boxer pit, fawn in color with black markings. This dog is awesome. <laughs> so every time, I, every time I show up, when I park my car and I park across the street, they start freaking out. Like, oh, wait, somebody's in the neighborhood. And these are these are dogs that when they bark, you know they're barking, <laughs> and they're they are uh, they they're they're big, big dogs. That if if you don't know them, you would probably maybe walk on the other side of the street. I have many people cross um, the street. When yeah, they see I, this I, I, I don't blame them. I they know who I am, yeah. and I know they get excited when I'm here. But I still have that moment of hesitation every time I walk in. Like, you guys rip my face. You off. remember me, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, when when I talk about my little dog, and that's the sixty-five pound yeah. brindle pit bull, yeah. Um, be, be, yeah. I, you you yeah. get desensitized to it. Like when people do cross the street, I'm always thinking, you know, but they're so friendly and yeah. such nice dogs. Well, they, the breed does get a bad rap. That's a whole sure, separate topic sure. we could get into. Um, but um, yeah, every time I come over, um, Marley brings. Uh, over the blanket or no not the blanket the His pillow pillow yeah. Yeah. yeah which the pillow is not a toy no he's not allowed to he's do not that. supposed to do that <laughs> yeah. and I, so, I wish you would stop encouraging it in fact <laughs> I, I know i'm a bad influence is what it is and uh I, I try not to get them all riled up they do that themselves um anyway uh so that's that's what the pairing is today uh we're about halfway through the show and we haven't really talked about flavor or anything <laughs> but that's all right um <clears throat> you're lighting your cigar i was about to do the same uh so this, I have not smoked, uh, this is the first Guardian of the Farm that I've smoked, any of the releases. And I think this is the third, third iteration of Guardian of the Farm. Does that sound right to you? Uh, no. Um, uh, I, I, I'm not as familiar with um, different releases. Well, they, they had the Guardian of the Farm, which was the they, original. been around for three years, so right. I'm, I'm assuming this is the third release, because it's kind of, it seems like everybody does it every year. I see. Um, I see. But this is the first one that I've smoked. It is very, very tasty. It is aggressive, but not over the top. Mm. I would say maybe medium plus kind of in strength. And it's, it's, we're about halfway through, and it's, I can feel it kicking up a yeah. notch a little bit in the strength. Yeah, I, sure. I don't know if I would go full, um, in, get into that full level. Some people might think that, uh, and I wouldn't fault you for it. Uh, I mean, full, full flavor. Very much so. Spice, some earth, there's some chocolate sweetness in there. Uh, it's a very, very pleasant cigar. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting great uh, complexity. I mean, on top of what you've already described, you know, I get caramel, I get wood, uh, maybe some uh, dry white oak. Uh, no, I, th- I think dry it's white nice. oak, like a first fill cask. Yes, exactly, like a first fill cask. Mm. I like that. Now you got me thinking about scotch. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, I mean it's got some nutty notes in there and different. Mm. And it, it's funny, we, we start talking about these cigars, and you talk about Nicaraguan cigars, because we smoke a lot of Nicaraguan cigars, and we end up using a lot of the same descriptors. And it kind of make it sound like all these cigars all taste the same. But they don't. No. They really, really don't. And this is, this wrapper is really giving, at least I, I assume it's coming from the wrapper, is getting a unique richness to this cigar that I don't fully know how to describe. Other than to call it a unique richness. Well, again, uh, we've never had a shade-grown Maduro Jalapa-grown Corojo 99 before this. Um, so, you know, to that point, you know, I think that's something, uh, you know, obviously we talk a lot about beer on this show. It's something that in both industries, in cigars and beer, uh, producers are always trying to develop 
something unique, some sure. different edge, something to differentiate, give a house flavor. Um, and, you know, while many claim to do that with their blends or with the way they age their tobacco specifically or the way they ferment their tobacco specifically, um, often they're, they're still dealing with the same varietals that everyone else has to work with. And so you can definitely uh, adjust the flavors through different uh, fermentation techniques and aging techniques. This is a truly unique um, way to run a Corojo 99 through its, uh, its fermentation drying process. Um, you know, they very easily could have just taken sun-grown a Corojo and made it a Maduro, uh, but instead doing the, the, the shade grow, um, I think, you know, kind of minimizes certain flavors that would have come out naturally under, under direct sunlight. And then obviously the fermentation that drives the Maduro flavor and, and color, um, is going to bring out a whole new array of flavors that we've never experienced in any varietal. You know, what's interesting <clears throat> I'm, I'm looking, I'm still kind of over, looking over the notes just to make sure that I'm not missing anything. The price point on these is like eight fifty to 10 bucks. That's pretty good. I would have expected it to be a bit higher. Yeah. It has, it has a feel and it's kind of, well, it's kind of hard to say, excuse me, that a cigar tastes expensive, right? Because you can have like Roma craft stuff and we talk about Roma a lot. Um, but their price points are very approachable. Very like, much so, yeah. They, like, affordable. Um, and there's a ton of flavor in there, and they, they taste a lot more expensive yeah. uh, than, than, uh, than they are. So it's, but it's just kind of weird to say that the cigar tastes like it should be more expensive. Smoking this, if you would have asked me to guess the price point, I would have said 12 to 13. Sure. And, and I think that's one of the things that Agonorsa Leaf has really done a very good job over the last two years since Terrence Riley's edition, uh, you know, working specifically to tell their story. Um, I think it's one of the things that they, they're really proud of as part of the whole um, being vert vertically integrated, mm. that they own the farms. So they own the tobacco. They own the factory. Um, they've got their own in-house sales. They, I, I believe they also have some contractors out there. Um, but by keeping all the all the production in-house they're able to keep those price points Absolutely. down where you don't have the middlemen from the farm sure. marking it up before you can buy it to the factory um you're not paying gringo prices that's right that's <laughs> right so so i that's I, what i've I heard that, technical term <laughs> i think that helps out a lot though honestly the whole vertical integration you know i, I know they probably uh boast more that they have more control uh, just like being Absolutely. able to develop this leaf in the sure. first place yeah. isn't something that every uh, cigar manufacturer has the capability uh, to do with relationships with farms. And I know some some of the manufacturers have been able to strike those relationships and, and do some fun stuff, um, but they have full control. And, and But again, I think it helps them to deliver a higher quality product at a more affordable price point. The cool thing about Agonorsa, like you say, with the, all the control from the vertical integration, and that all makes a ton of sense, um, I mean, their tobacco is in a ton of cigars. Oh, so there's yeah. so many cigars that are buying tobacco from these guys. So they've got different streams of income, right? So they have an opportunity to try cool stuff like this like and, and take the time to create this wrapper leaf. Right. I don't know if create is the right word, but... Develop. Develop. Maybe it's better. Uh, create sounds very... 
I'm going to make this. And, <laughs> right. And, and, and so it is. Uh, no, and on I, the seventh yeah, day, yeah, it's not, it's not a little religious. Yeah, uh, very biblical. Um, but no, I mean, like you can uh, innovation. You're, you're afforded the opportunity to innovate in different things, and um, and that's uh, this is the product of that. And uh, it's it's a lovely cigar. Um, I'm I'm really really enjoying it. It's not uh, not too strong, but it's got a punch to it. Yeah. Um, and I love this Vitola. I'm a Lonsdale guy through and through. Um, I don't know what started that, but <clears throat> I think uh, with my time with Mombacho, I worked there for two years and had access to you know smoke pretty much whatever I wanted. And I would always, I always found myself uh, uh, leaning back towards this particular Vitola or something in this six by forty, six by forty four, forty six, mm-hmm. or forty four, forty six yep. uh, ring gauge. And um, it's not the best ring gauge for. It's, you can't really say this is my favorite ring gauge. And I'm gonna smoke every cigar in that because blends are all different, and of course some are gonna shine in a larger ring gauge. Right. Um, but I always find myself, this is how I, I kind of judge every cigar. Like if you have a Lonsdale, that's what I'm going to smoke first. Yep. And, uh, so far, man, this is really, really impressive. Uh, let's, I know we touched a lot on the beer. Uh, do we have anything else we need to say about the beer? I mean, we kind of went into most of it. Um, I mean, oh, any oh. other tidbits? I know <laughs> I've been to the factory or the, um, the, the brewery, the brewery. I was going to say distillery. I went from <laughs> factory to distillery to, well, factory, because we were talking about Right, factors. right. But I've been to the the brewery in uh, in Dublin. Um, Ireland's one of my favorite countries. Is that right? Been there a couple of times. Everyone that um, I know that's been there all rave about how beautiful mm-hmm. and lush green and rolling hills. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one of, one of the spots that I I have on my short list yeah. of it's, future trips. It's uh, it's cool. If, if you're gonna go and you want company, just uh, let us know. Dana, at the drop of a hat, is ready to go back to Ireland. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, spent some time, did the tour and everything at the at the brewery, and uh, you know you get to go up to the top, and they give you your your free beer with your you know forty dollar purchase <laughs> of your of your tour, and you get like a three sixty view of Dublin, and you're one of the highest points in the city, uh, so you've got this great view, and it's this fresh beer, and it's like it can't get better than that. Like that's right. Guinness, any Guinness I have after that's not going to be quite as good, but don't think about it that way you just think about it as an awesome experience Uh, but i love the town um really enjoyed that country um but i think this is the first time excuse me that i've had the extra stout yeah the uh this is my preferred one they have the foreign extra which will go up to eight percent um this is five and a half percent versus the the draft at four two um oh i did say i wanted to do my soap soap box moment these are always fun um one of the things that I've, I've found uh, throughout my time in the beer industry is people will often see the, the English, uh, her Royal Majesty's English version of the word draft. Uh, it's spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T. And I hear people, uh, him and ha, trying to say drought or drought or jot. Or, it's just draft, people. <laughs> it's just draft. Pretend it's an F. It's just the English version. They don't... They invented the language but don't know how to spell and uh, <laughs> and so it is the draft version that you find uh the nitrogenated version i'm just not convinced <laughs> <laughs> i'll show you one of my brewing no, manuals I, I'm, I'm sure I, yeah, I'll, I'll side with you i mean i, I it's just 
just sounds so awkward. Um, so what this is, this is a heavier version of, of Guinness, right? Now it's the a stronger carbonated version. So the, now. what was the other one that you said? There's the foreign extra. That's the, that's the 8%. It, and version. that comes in the taller black bottle. That's right? correct. With yeah. the, or the wrapper or the, packaging that goes all the way around the mm -hmm. bottle it's kind of weird that one i've had quite a few times that i enjoy okay. but this is kind of a step in between the that's the right two. yeah yeah this one's a little bit more bitter uh the the most common one that's known in the world is the 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 dry stout draft um the the gas makes a ton of difference on not just the sensation you have on your palate but the flavor in general so having the the nitrogen uh, purge through the the liquid like that it softens it and it turns it into this creamy uh, mouthfeel that actually accentuates more of a caramely or toffee like flavor uh, where this stronger carbonated version uh, is uh, it's more roasty it also has more bite uh, yeah. and and bitterness and that's mm -hmm. coming from both the hops and the acrid and roasted malts yeah. uh, used in it it definitely lingers on the palate very much <clears throat> a lot more than the uh, see now I don't even know what the regular Guinness is. Draft, draft. Okay, yeah. um, but it's a, a dry Irish stout. That's correct. Dry stout would be the correct. Uh, uh, it's not an Irish stout. They're they're both Irish stouts, or all three of them are Irish stouts because they were like made because they use Irish, Irish yeast and Irish malt, um, which is known to be a little bit sweeter. But no peat. Bit. No peat moss was burned in the making of these malts. I love the smell of peat. Do you? Yeah, it's one of my favorite things about Ireland. Everything smells like peat. Really? Oh yeah. Huh. <clears throat> yeah, we've uh, my father-in-law has some property in like the northwest part, not Northern Ireland, but like the northwest part, County Mayo to be specific. Um, and uh, we've I've actually gone up on his property and cut the peat, and you know we uh, you bring it down and you burn it, and it's just like compressed plant stuff. Really? Um, yeah, it just sounds fun. Oh yeah, it's it's. Do you like Rauch beers? You know, I've had a few. So that's going to be a, a beer that's got that's it's, a, smoked, that's like a peated smoked beer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just for uh, for everyone else, um, I've had a few. I you know I think I prefer my peat in my scotch, but uh, and my Japanese whiskey. If you go with a, a peated Japanese whiskey, but um, yeah, it's fine. It's not bad for like a. Like a, a a cold Ireland kind of evening, because uh, it does warm the soul a bit. But uh, yeah, I think I prefer it uh, mainly in my um, in my Scotch. But let's talk about this uh, cigar a little bit. And you know, we've gone into the backstory and uh, and all of that. Uh, just to be clear, this is the third release in the Guardian of the Farm. Okay, it debuted in 2016, um, and the Guardian of the Farm Apollo Selection. Day Warped um, was uh, 2017, which was in the top 25 on Cigar Aficionado. I was say, yeah, I think they got number eight. Yeah, number eight yeah. Cigar of the Year. Uh, rated 93 by Cigar Aficionado. Um, so, yeah, this is the third third version. Um, the flavors, I mean, we, talked a, we touched on it a little bit, that really unique. I hate saying really unique. You don't need to say really. It's just unique. Um, that bothers me. Um, the, the, that unique... Uh, uh, now I'm all screwed up. Richness from the wrapper, uh, yeah, yeah, is I I don't I can't put my finger on on how to describe it. Other, it's just it's full and rich, 
it, it's a little bit earthy, a little bit sweet. I would say rich yeah. and earthy. Yeah, it, I don't, it, it I don't know. Definitely makes sense to me. It is grown in Jalapa, mm. which is known um, for the the red soil in Jalapa drives a certain sweetness, especially mm. in the Corojo 99. Yeah. Um, so I think it carries some of those attributes very much, some, though. Uh, the Jalapa binder as well. Um, but uh, yeah, full flavor. <clears throat> it's uh, we're kind of halfway through, a little bit past the midpoint. And there was a <clears throat> a more obvious sweetness at the beginning that I feel like I've lost. And it's become a bit more full uh, mm. in strength. I think it's kicked up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, a little more peppery as well. Yeah, on the retro mm-hmm. specifically. And more like a black pepper, peppercorn mm-hmm. right, type right. of thing. Um, but it's, it's picking up in intensity, I feel. Which uh, at the second half of the cigar, I think, is, is kind of what we're looking for. It's been a nice progression from... Um, you, you fire it up and it's got some nice flavor, some a little nice sweetness, that, that richness I've talked about and the earthiness. But that earth, pepper, uh, black pepper is kind of picked up uh, as we're going into the second half. And are we, are we, yeah, we're, we've got about 10 minutes left. We can start talking about the pairing. All right. I don't know. I love it. I don't know that I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that I'm loving it myself you know we chose the uh the extra stout version of the guinness um because uh i i knew just from reading the tasting notes on the cigar that it was going to be a little bit more intense Mm -hmm. i did smoke one of these um in july it was in vegas during the event yeah i I don't for all intents and purposes you have not smoked it right um intents and purposes not intensive purposes We're getting into all my bugaboos, too. Yeah, yeah, you guys are getting to walk all, away. All the, the, you're getting a peek. <laughs> I'm not going to peel the curtain back too far because it's scary in there. Uh, but, but you're right. I think, the, um, I think the dry, bitter character of the beer um, doesn't necessarily um, create the best synergy with the, the, the sweeter notes from the tobacco. Um, I think intensity-wise... They're they're they're, right they're fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're both medium, medium plus, in in overall intensity. Um, to your point, this beer does linger a li- little bit, yeah. you know, which, which kind of does uh, detract from the re- residual flavor uh, from the cigar. Uh, so I think maybe if we were to do this again and try and find a perfect pairing, I, I'd probably try and find something equally as intense but a little more sweetness. Mm-hmm to kind of uh, play off the cigar a little bit more? It's the, the, there's a lingering bitterness from the beer, mm-hmm. and that's what's throwing me off. Yeah. And it's almost like a kind of a roasted coffee bitterness that, um, that is not really jiving with the rest of the, the flavor profile we get out of the cigar. I don't get um, many coffee notes. I was kind no. of perusing through a, a review here that said espresso notes. I don't really, I'm not getting any of that. Mm-mm. Might have something to do with the beer. Right. Right. Uh, that's kind of you know tweaking that a bit. They neutralize I, each other, maybe. Yeah, I would want to go with. I don't know if I would go like full milk stout. That might be too sweet. Depending uh, on the producer, I, yeah, I mean, those range. It's, it's tough. So yeah, much. yeah, that's such a, a broad category. But maybe something with uh, like a chocolate stout, mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. might be a bit more. Um, uh, it would give you more of that flavor hook. You know, going back to a previous pairing that we've had, I wouldn't think that the KBS stout mm. from Founders would be right. I think that's too intense. Mm-hmm. But maybe the original, the the breakfast stout, mm. 
the mm. non-barrel aged yeah. version might be right in line with something like this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to try that out. Yeah, I mean something that's not gonna be, you know, too over the top. This is a, I think this is a stronger cigar. I, I'm comfortable saying this is a pretty strong cigar yeah. from a nicotine standpoint. Uh, it's definitely full flavored, definitely, but the flavors are are oddly delicate. Mm. I think for it being so full, and I wouldn't want to run it over with something barrel aged. Right. I think you're going to lose a lot right. of that nuance. No, exactly. Delicate maybe isn't the right word. Nuance is a better word. Because mm-hmm. um, there's nothing, <laughs> I don't think there's really anything delicate about it. <laughs> it's, uh, but it, it's definitely nuanced because there, there's layers in there. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's, I'm, I'm right with you there. It's those, those extra layers of complexity, you know, that I, I pointed out there is some caramel uh, kind of woody notes there that I agree. A, a bourbon barrel aged version of a 12.5% stout would just be too much um yeah i think we're we're about right on the same page with that yeah it's it's not bad uh but i i don't it's not ruining my experience but i'm going it's definitely a thumbs down for me and i think we have to officially say that so we get the weird little graphics yeah on the screen Uh, you know as much as i'm enjoying this cigar uh i agree i think the the beer detracts from it and and i think i i'd enjoy this more literally just with my water uh, and, and just enjoy the flavor of the cigar. And again, this is my favorite Guinness. I, I enjoy this beer quite a bit. Um, I'm also going to go thumbs down uh, as a final rating for the pairing in general. Um, so uh, there it is. That's Yeah, that's what we're going with. We're going thumbs down. I'm going to try to relight this. We've got uh, a, uh, an episode of Smoke Night Live coming up on Friday. That's right. Randy, yeah. you've got the uh, you've got the details I on got that. The deets. Yeah, no, we're gonna have Nick Libretti uh, come on the show, and he is gonna be talking about a brand new uh, blend. Nick coming- Libretti from JR Cigar. That's correct. Um, and they have partnered with um, the infamous uh, Jose Don Pepin Garcia uh, of My Father Cigars uh, to come out with a, a new blend. I'm not sure if that's uh, exclusive for JR. Sounds like maybe something uh, mm. that uh, I know they've done some other exclusives with uh, Don Pepin before. Um, so Nick Libretti is going to be on uh, with Eric and Jordan uh, coming up this Friday night on Smoke Night Live. You'll want to check that out, hear about uh, that new blend. As Did I mean, you say the name of the cigar? Uh, Cubanos, I believe, it's right? Cab- yes, yeah, it's Cab- C-A-B-A-N-O-S. Cabanos. Not Cubanos. Cabanos. Yeah. And uh, like the I, little hut, a cabana, a cabana, cabana. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I did tune in Friday night yeah, to find out find the out right exactly. pronunciation of this new cigar. <laughs> but I, I do believe that is an exclusive for JR. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and then the my father brand mm-hmm. and the 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 history of Don Pepin Garcia as being one of the great blenders of our time. That's a couple uh, of powerhouses teaming up. For yeah, a cigar. There. No doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. JR brings it. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of brings us to the end of, uh, of another episode of The Odyssey. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Letter H? H is next. H, like uh, Headley Grange. Oh. I, that's like the fourth time I've mentioned that cigar. And I, for, You're I, a Crownhead fan. I, you know, I, back in the day, um, I was a big Crownheads fan. And I haven't really revisited a lot of stuff lately. And I think that's why I'm kind of... Maybe in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I want to smoke some of that stuff again, and I need to, because I've got, I've, uh, Headley Grange was a good one. I was, uh, 
always a big four kicks guy when that cigar first came out. And I think those those cigars still smoke very well. Yeah. Um, but that's just one for H. Um, there's others out there, I'm sure. I'm sure there are. You know what else starts with H? Haggis. Have you ever had haggis? No. You're you're not not Scottish. Sounds familiar. I don't know what it is. It it's look it up. Interesting. Look it up. Sounds I, awful. I had it when I was I was in Scotland <laughs> last last year, and I had it, and it was a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, but look it up if you don't know what haggis is. Anyway, it's probably uh, like goat brain or something like that. No, it's like sheep. They put the heart and the lungs and everything in the sheep's I was stomach, close. and they boil it. And as far as I'm concerned, I was very close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually quite tasty. Um, anyway, thanks for checking out another episode of The Odyssey. We'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks so much to the Dojo Nation for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week when The Odyssey continues. Thank you.